This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome inside the Celtics Life podcast. It is lottery night and the C's are also onto the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm Topher Lane here with Mark Allison. Only two teams have ever taken the best record in their conference and come away with the number one pick. The last team to do it was the Lakers in the early 80s. Let's jump right into it. We'll start off with the lottery. Mark and I are both watching as it's going on right now on Tuesday night. We're going to have kind of our own reactions as we kind of find out the results during the course of it. Mark, how's it going right now? Good, man. So it's, uh, yeah, like we timed this perfectly. Like it just came on like right when we started this. And I mean, that's, that's kind of what we tried to do. But it's funny how it actually happened that way. Yeah. So we're going to have that that going on. We're going to have like our own reactions. We're going to try and kind of give some insight as to what it means, depending on where we fall and where other teams fall uh, as best we can. Obviously, we have our own lens on the Celtics, but you know, I think we know basketball pretty well, more or less. Yeah, man. Right? man. Kind of. For sure. <laughs> Well, so we'll kind of hit the, the storylines right now. Uh, White Grosbeck is going to be the guy sitting for the Celtics. It was Isaiah last year, but since obviously we've got some bigger stuff going on. Because we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's go. It's great. It's all you could need. Yeah, pretty. I mean, that's pretty wild that we can walk away with the first pick and, uh, um, you know, shot of LeBron that starts tomorrow. 25% chance to take home the number one pick based on the ping pong balls. Yeah, what's, what's the, the odds of us getting top is four. 35, right? So. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed top four. And I did two. I was playing around on ESPN's like lottery thing where it randomizes. And I did it four times. And all four times we got the fourth pick. And I was like, no, <laughs> stop that. That's, that's, I mean, that's, I've already, that's already sunk in in my head that that's what's going to happen because we always get screwed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, but I if want... we get a top two, I would be shocked. But yeah, I mean, last year I think it went didn't didn't it go uh, clean straight through last year for the first time in a long time? Where the you, you know they all got the picks that they were supposed to get. It was either last uh, year or the year before. I can't remember. Like Philly was involved, of course. Um, yeah, because well, they've just been miserable for the last yeah. years or something. So um, another hopeful development is I'm hopeful that the Lakers get burned and if they lose their, if they drop out of the, is it the top three or the top yes, four? Yes, their pick, which is conditional to the Sixers, is top three protected. Three, that's what I am. Yeah. So if they draw four, literally they're just going to hand it to Philly mm-hmm. as it happens. And then Philadelphia is going to know that they got four and also a top three pick in addition to that, wherever their fault, wherever theirs falls. So that's stupid. That's insane. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, that's, that. that's crazy. And it's not like I want Philly to get another pick either because they don't really deserve it in any way, shape, or form. But um, I guess I'd rather see them get it from the Lakers. On one hand, like, you got to – was it Sam Hinkie who did all this stuff? Like, the insanity yeah. of the process and, and, and stuff? And they, they canned him after all his hard work paid off. <laughs> I know. Now they <laughs> need to, like, bring him back because clearly his – like, he did a good job. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a pretty tough team next year. I mean, if everybody stays healthy and that yet remains to be seen. But yeah, because they have, like, two Rookie of the Year candidates in Joel Embiid, if you believe that, it, like, 32 games mm-hmm. is enough to say Rookie of the Year. And then Dario Saric, who was also pretty nasty. Right, rookie of the year candidate. Anyways, he was yeah. Combined with Ben Simmons coming for his rookie year, I guess, Mm -hmm. and Jaleel Okafor, that's like a solid young starting lineup. Yeah, and they've got cash to throw around. They get another guy here too. Yeah, if if they end up getting one of those picks, I mean, they're gonna end up with a top, you know, five guy anyway, something like that. If if the Lakers get uh, burned, Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's kind of jump quickly to the the landscape of playoffs game seven was monday night uh it was awesome there's no other way to describe it i feel like it was just it was heroic kelly olenic was a hero 
I mean, what? Who would have thought that we would someday we would be referring to a game seven in the playoffs as the Kelly Olynyk game? Like that, we, we will always remember that game as the Kelly Olynyk. What a stud! Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that was just nuts. And dude, in the, I swear, in the fourth, when he was, when he, you know, he just kept taking his basket, and he was like bewildered that like the ball was like going in, and he was like getting by people. Like, I mean, he's looking at the, he was looking over at the bench, like shaking his head, like, what the hell? Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you just like, the ball just always rolls your way. And I mean, and it certainly helped happening. that the, the Wizards had nobody to defend him. I mean, Mahaney, um, Gortat, all those, those guys were all awful. I mean, awful. And, and I did the green envy this morning and I was reading the, 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 the game day threads and listening to those Wizards fans just trash all of their big guys. I mean, it started right when the game started too. So it was only fitting that Olenek, you know, put the dagger in them at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, what did he have? 14 in the fourth quarter? 14 in the fourth, 26 overall. And he shot like to 10 of 13 or something yeah, like that. Like six of seven in the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like insane. I I think I think he hit every shot he took in the fourth. Didn't he? I don't know. Maybe maybe it was six or seven. Just yeah, no, maybe. One. I feel like he missed one that was like a wide open layup, and it's like, of course, that's the one that you miss. Everything yeah. else is like relatively contested, or it's like a deep three, and then you finally get away, and you've got an easy layup, and you bank it off the off the rim. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I I don't know if I like. It's like Isaiah was bottled up pretty well. I felt like. I mean, he still had, like, a good Isaiah game, 29 Yeah, I mean, he, he came but, through at the end, though. He, I mean, they bottled him up real good. He wasn't shooting well in the first half, but he still ended up with 29. And what? how many assists did he have yesterday? Like, 12, 12 something? Something. He had double digits, at least. Yep, 12. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, and that guy's, you know, incredible, too. I, you know, the way he came back and played in the second half was just totally overlooked, though, because of Olenek, obviously. It was the story mm-hmm. of the night. But, but how about us... John Wall just falling off a cliff in the second half yesterday. Well, I mean, what was I, I was watching it at Buffalo Wild Wings, so I was like, I was focused, but I wasn't as like immersed in the game as I normally am when I'm at home and I'm like really like analyzing everything. Was it just like really good defense, or was it that he just could not? I, he looked like he was out of gas. I mean, they they, they were throwing you know a lot of different stuff at him, but at the same time, it was um, you know he, he was just settling for deep jumpers he's not he's not a great outside shooter i mean he can get hot but um, he was in the first round i did the preview of the series and he was shooting like 50 something percent from outside against the hawks i did a comparison today for for uh on the on the blog and and this series versus his atlanta series i mean his Atlanta series he looked like an mvp candidate and in this series although he was still scoring and he's scoring like 25 a game still averaging probably close to 10 assists and um but his percentages were like through, like he was shooting 38% and 28% from three this whole series. So a, a lot of that was volume stuff. I mean, he was taking more shots than he took in the first round. He was shooting 20, taking 20 attempts a game versus 23 in this series, and he was shooting much less effective. Well, um, Scott Brooks was going straight at Isaiah. You know, right. his, his, it seemed like his offensive scheme was to just whoever Isaiah was defending was who he was going to give the ball to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if, I mean, obviously, the Wizards have elite scorers in you know, their backcourt in Otto Porter, John Wall, Bradley Beal. All of them should be able to outplay Isaiah Thomas as a defender. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if they were outside their element, like Otto Porter was told to post him up or something. And that worked more or less, but at the same time, it just seemed to like throw a wrench into their offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, when they were at their best, they were they, they took advantage of Isaiah a ton. But when they were at their best, it was when they were running, you know, running yeah. in transition and playing exactly. that game. And, Forcing turnovers. Yeah, and maybe, maybe you're right, maybe they focused a little too much on the mismatch instead of, um, you know, the attacking the way that they're supposed to. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Bradley Beal did have a good a good game seven. Yeah, I mean, he had he was, especially in the fourth quarter. Bradley Beal was like seriously keeping the Wizards in it. Right, he had he had thirty eight. I think he had twelve in the fourth too. Yeah, I mean that's you know he was keeping them alive. Didn't I mean they ended up losing by ten, but um, yeah, he uh, definitely 
he was he was the guy and someone had posted a funny um meme of um uh, I, I can't even remember what movie it's from but the, with the uh, the the locker scene and uh, he slams a locker and it was like uh you know he's staring at him it was it was someone put Bradley Beal's face on uh, the one guy <laughs> staring at the other guy like where were you bro and then John Wall top three and pick a guy like Markel yeah it was so, I honestly like I. Yeah, like I said, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, so I was watching on there. And I was really excited because there were a couple Boston fans there, too. I couldn't see them. They were, like, on the other side of, like, one of those weird walls that have TVs on them. But I just heard them cheering every time Kelly did something. And so I was, like, kind of, like, bonding with those guys from across a wall. It was a great time. <laughs> and uh, I just, yeah, I was so excited about the offense and, like, doing our drinking game, which ended up being really expensive because I mean, Smart was doing well. Day. and It was Jay, a big night. flexed. It was a big night for our drinking game. We got a Jaeger bomb in there, a Jaeger bomb, Jaeger bomb, and uh, uh, a few smart shots. It yep. was, it was, it was electric. And the alley oop, the alley, yeah, Al Horford, Admiral Nelson, yeah. Yep. I, I was, was getting uh, some weird looks from our waitress. Hell of a I was night. Ordering all these, these strange. It's like, can I get a Jaeger bomb? She's like, what? Like Jaeger bomb, Jaeger bomb. You guys have Admiral Nelson? <laughs> I did ask her that, and she was not pleased. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not, not cheap to get that at a bar, let me tell you. Oh, no, um, no. But, yeah, so other kind of stuff going on. Golden State is up one nothing. They're going to play game two uh, tonight. It's Tuesday night. And uh, they won game one after Zaza Pachulia closed out on Kawhi and took him down. People thought it was dirty. Greg Popovich seemingly thought it was pretty dirty. Uh, Kawhi claims that he didn't think it was it was anything out of the ordinary, but... What were your thoughts on on that? I mean, it it didn't look that bad. I, I understand, you know, this is, Pachulia is kind of known for, you know, some discretions like that. So it looks bad. I, I, it's hard to judge. You know, I mean, this happened with Horford a couple weeks ago, and everybody was, you know, up, up in arms about that. I mean, I, I I feel like when you're closing out on guys like that, that's going to happen from time to time. Um. I don't know. It, it's it. It was. I guess. I guess if there's a way, I, I, Popovich was talking about it, like saying how uh, even if there's no intent, you know, have you ever heard of manslaughter and, and and whatnot, and and that makes a little bit of sense. But at the same time, it's. Uh, I don't know. How do you how do you punish for that? I mean, I guess you could give someone a a, a flagrant one for doing something like that. Maybe that would keep it on people's minds that that's not. Um, you know, you don't want that to happen. Well, if it was intentional, my guess is the NBA would suspend him. If like they could prove there was intent, right? And they, could, I don't think there's any way of doing, but right. Still, well, there's I I, I don't know because back when uh, Bruce Bowen was around, he he did it intentionally often enough, and it looked pretty damn intentional when he did it. I, I just didn't think that Pachulia's looked all that menacing, you know. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree, but. They, everyone was harping back to his resume, you know, that he uh, with Dallas, that he was always pretty dirty against against the Spurs. And I'm not sure if it's just could, like in-state bad blood or what it was, because I don't I don't think anybody really cared about him when he was with, you know, Milwaukee. I don't think anybody was was criticizing how he played when he was a buck. But apparently with the uh, maybe it's Rick Carlisle, like brings out the, the dirty player in people. I don't know what it is, but well, he's not when when he was with Atlanta, he had a lot of issues with this too. Remember battling them in the playoffs back in the day with Garnett, and they used to get into it quite a bit. Man, that um, was a young Zaza. Yeah, I mean, so right, and so that was a while ago. But he, you know, he got in his fair share of scuffles back then. So yeah, I, I just that's what Greg Popovich kept going back to. He's like, well, if you remember, he broke Kawhi's arm, and you know, he he took an elbow to his now teammate uh, David West, and like all this stuff happened. Right. So clearly, this was intentional because he's been intentional about all these other things. So he went off. Greg yeah, I mean, he was pretty, uh, pretty amped up. Yeah, but so it was. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that it was dirty, but the Spurs were up twenty-five in the third quarter. Kawhi goes down, they lose the game. So I think that also contributes to it. If they had won, I don't think people would have cared as much. I mean, obviously, Kawhi going down really, really hurts the team, but. I don't think people would have been nearly as, as skeptical about, about the play had the Spurs won. 
Right. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, maybe if Kawhi does end up missing a couple games, people would still be pretty pissed. But yeah, I, I, I agree. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Yeah, it's it's tough to say, but it was. Um, they play game two tonight, Tuesday night. Uh, listeners probably will have already seen the result of that. So, you know, don't don't spo- I don't know what to say. Don't spoil it for us. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, well <laughs> it's not our series. We don't. We're a Celtics blog, so it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to us. But yeah, it's this good series. That's who we're gonna play in the championship. You know, after we dispatch the Cavs in five. Yeah, we're gonna get the Spurs, not not the not the the Warriors. We're, we want the Spurs to win. Spurs. Although I thought, although I don't know if I like that matchup, but Spurs I in five. certainly don't like the Warriors. Celtics in five. What's the? Yeah. What's your? I guess. I guess. I guess what's your uh, breakdown of the series? What do you think yeah, is gonna happen? Cavs series. You both. both. Uh, well, I, I if if the Spurs don't have Kawhi, I I just don't see. I, they were talking about maybe he could be back for Game Three. Um. If he's back, even if he's not 100%, I don't know. I, I, if they won more than one game, I'd be shocked. Um, if, if he was healthy, I think they could have made an interesting series. But the um, not so sure. If, if he can't go, then I, I don't think so. But Do you uh, think they take one, the Spurs? I think they could take – well, without Kawhi, I don't think they could take a game. If they have Kawhi and he's somewhere near them, you know, I think they can get a game. But – if he's fully healthy, you know, maybe they can win a couple of games, but I, I don't see them competing without him. What do you think? I, you know, they did well against Houston. I mean, I know that game six was a game six that James Harden just completely disappeared. And, or was, did they go to seven, six or seven? Um, Pretty sure it was six. But yeah, it was. They, they played without Kawhi for games five and game six, or the last, the last two games of the series. And they played well, and they closed out the series without Kawhi. So, I just obviously, obviously, the the Rockets are a different beast than right. than the Warriors, and the Warriors are a better team in like almost every capacity. But it's I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they're able to squeeze one without Kawhi tonight. Um, but it's it's tough to say. It's it's obviously hard to predict. And so, so how about they're walking? They're coming in. Are you are you watching this right now? With like they, the numbers and stuff. With, with like the um the the pile of of whatever it was. I, the, now they already have it decided, right? They're just in envelopes, right? That's what they just came out with, right? Yeah, everything's already been done in the back. So like, there's a handful of people who know what happened. Like, I'm pretty sure last year they have everyone like lock their phones in a safe, who's That's in right. the back That's room, right. because they all have seen the results. But they want to make tons of money from us watching it and stuff. So, like, nobody's allowed to say anything. So, all their stuff is locked away. So, all the people that are on that panel have already seen the results. Yeah. Like, the, 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 uh, the, what's it called? Representatives? Oh, no. I don't know if the representatives have. Oh, oh, I was going to say. Because that was just just the people in the back. Yeah, Yeah. no. The people, the representatives here as it it happens. But people in the back would never be able to consent. Yeah, Magic Johnson would already be flipping out. Yeah, he, he, he would one, one way or the other. You'd already know. I mean, there's no way that guy can control <laughs> excitement. He'd have a smile from ear to ear. Yeah, but yeah, so, so a uh, the people in the back they showed him like with like the little roller thing that has a little ping pong balls. It looks like a lottery kind of deal. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because it is the NBA lottery. But it looks like Powerball kind of deal. Yeah, and so the numbers coming. come out, and I I didn't realize this is how it worked. But the numbers come out, and it's a combination that. Your, you know, that gives your team. So they pull out however many balls it is, eight balls, whatever it is, and then whatever combination of numbers that comes out, that decides who the winner is. Yes. And there's so many different combinations that put this team at this percentage and this at this percentage. So pretty wild. I I, I didn't sure realize that. it was like that until I read an article about it today. It still really confuses me because I don't understand how because you get like more ping pong balls. If you have a worse record, right? Because you have a better chance of the number one pick. Is that? Am I completely? Well, well no. See, that's that's what I thought that it was. But from what I understand, they 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 have these these balls in there, and they're not the balls are not necessarily tied to any team. The ones that are in there, what they do is um, these they pull out numbers, right? Just like they're pulling out the lottery, right? Sure. And then the order of the numbers it makes you know whatever. That's the combination that they go by. 
and there's it's mathematically set up so that the different combinations of numbers are favor certain teams and that's that's how it works that's what i at least that's what i understood and i could be wrong so if any if anybody is listening to this and i'm an idiot and don't know what i'm talking about you can get at us at hashtag celtics life pod yeah and uh, and tell us about it but i uh that's what i understood when i read it today because i always thought different teams had different numbers of balls in there because that's the way we always talk about it the number of ping pong balls but i don't think it's actually that's actually correct well now now i'm trying to figure it out because it's it's some kind of mathematical equation that the combination of numbers that come out sets the order I don't know. That's that's what I read. So, yeah. So you get two hundred and fifty combinations mm-hmm. that will give you the number one pick. Does it go reverse? So do they start with the number one pick? And well, then, no, no, no. Uh, so what happens is the combination that comes out, right? They read that. That doesn't set the picks. That sets the entire order. Oh. The more I talk about this, the more I sound like I'm wrong, but. <laughs> I, that is that's what I understood earlier today. Oh, and here they are at the podium. Okay, Mark Tatum, show us how it's done. Heat nowhere. Oh, what are they, they're going to go down to four, right? And uh, I have, yeah, yeah. I yes, have. It's only that this is where so we're going with the top four here. So we could get screwed and be the fourth pick here and not and go into this Nuggets at thirteen. So. I'm a little bit ahead of you with my stream. Oh, are you? Okay, that's fine. You can tell <laughs> me at the time. But so essentially, we, we will find out. Um, yeah, because then they really go. Really got burned, and we end up with that fourth pick here. They go to the commercial break. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, if LA is the one who's really sweating right now. Right. They, they go to the oh, commercial break, so and then I they bring the three teams together, like the three reps together, to all stand around the podium. Mm-hmm. All right, so nothing crazy out of the ordinary now. Knicks got eight. They had like a 5% chance to get the ball. Oh, you're way ahead of me. I'm still on 10. I know. It's weird. Normally, I'm the one behind. And Joel Embiid loves it. I don't know why. He's just really, he's just pumped. He looks like he might be drunk, maybe. Timberwolves with seven. Well, Frazier, he already picked on your screen. So none of these guys have moved up, right? I don't think so. Does Sacramento oh, have two picks? It said Sacramento moved into the top three. So that's bad news for us. So they keep their pick if it's the top ten? Okay. I'm almost I'm, yeah, I think Sacramento, Sacramento does have two picks. They've got five and ten. Sacramento had two picks because of the cousins trade, no? Yeah. I think so. Oh yeah, that's true, because they, they traded yeah with yeah. I just I really don't want the fourth pick. Yeah. Alright, fourth pick. Here you go. Please. Do you want me to wait until you get there so you can react? No, you can tell me. It's us, isn't it? I don't know. He's about to draw it. It's the Phoenix Suns. So the Lakers hold on to their pick for sure. And we're guaranteed top three. And Magic Johnson is so pumped. I. Oh, Joel Embiid. Not yeah, there you go. Happy. He's just nodding, right? He's <laughs> not very happy. They okay. didn't need another first-round pick anyways. Do I need to, like, pause this and wait till... Because I feel like we need to watch this together as, like, a joint that We got a commercial break for a while, but... Let's see. Well, I'm going to refresh it and see. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll maybe I'll catch up if I refresh it. Yeah, Magic is pumped. I mean, he's just doing the dance now, so I'm way behind you. I'm, like, going into my commercial break. For our listeners, <laughs> in case you're enjoying our, like, our weird viewing experience... Uh, we're both pretty nervous, or at least I am, because I, I just don't want to, I mean, I'm glad we're not four, you know, because at least we got, well, wait, okay, so who are your top four picks? This is actually my, I'm really interested in this. All right, so I'm, Fultz, by far, first pick, no, there's no question. Um, I suppose Lonzo Ball would be my second pick, although in that situation, I would trade the pick. Um... If, if we got two? I, my third pick, so which which would be, I mean, I, I would take Tatum at three. Okay. 
Uh, that's fair. I, I want Markel Fultz. I do. Me too. And if we get the first pick, that's my first choice, and I would like to keep him because I think that having him, that would mean that we'd have him and Jalen locked up for three, four years apiece, right? At uh, what, $5 million four. a year, I think, a top – Top, I'm not sure exactly what the, the numbers are. I know Jalen makes the number about one four. pick is about a six point two a year. Okay, so Jalen makes about four and a half right now, which will be five in a year or two. Um, but having those two guys for like around ten million for the next three to four years, then you have Horford. You can sign Isaiah to a big contract and still have room to to add another guy and still build around that. And then you're setting yourself up for the present and the future. See, so, I was like, talking. You, to... I was talking to my buddy about this, who's a huge NBA guy, and we were talking about whether you keep Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, I love Isaiah so much, but I don't want to sign him to a max deal for four years when he's on the wrong side of 30. He can't keep this up for for six more years. But it he's not going to be a max deal. Does it have to be that? Can it be a four-year deal? Like we yeah. signed Horford for four years. Yeah, no, we can because I, I, we don't have bird rights, so we can offer him four max, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's got at least one more year on his contract, right? Is his contract up twenty? Right. Yes, his contract's up the end of next year. So five years. Next year he'll be another great player. Uh, and how old Isaiah is? What 20, 28, 29? 28, Yo, I'm back. Are you back? I'm back. And our deputy commissioner Mark Tatum with the final order. Thanks again, Mark. The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that means that I'm the so number confused. one is this pick the, is this what just happened? Did we just get What? Did we just get the first the pick? We got the first Celtics. pick. Did we just get the first pick? Holy yeah. shit. Believe it. Let's go, Mike. Yo. Oh, that's that's. I, I I don't believe it. Look at Wick. He kissed the ring. Oh my God. I love it. All right. So Markel, you think Markel? No doubt. I, I see. I think Markel is such a talent that this locks them into keeping the pick. Oh, you know? I'm so excited. That is. I I don't I don't think they can trade that pick. Yo, no, I mean, well, I mean, they could. They're well, really no, don't get me wrong, they could. But I mean, really, are you going to trade that pick for what? For for Paul George for one year? Jimmy Butler? Oh. I don't, I don't think you do. Okay, so this changes so much stuff. Right. Yeah, I would, I would love to hold on to this pick. But now Ainge has all the leverage that some teams weren't confident about on on that at the draft or the trade deadline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. All right, so now they're doing, like, the breakdown thing. Yeah, they're, they're talking to Wick right now on, on my screen. All right, you're a little bit fine. <laughs> Again, I'm behind you. Yeah, the first um, time ever. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, so, um, but like I was saying, now, if they keep that pick, if they, they take Fultz, they keep the pick, I mean, they can set themselves up. I, I think now, with that, that opens up, Probably more likely that that some they package players instead of um, the draft picks. I, I don't so, think there's, they're they're showing Lonzo Ball in Celtics jersey here, and I don't think there's any chance of that happening. No, I, I think Ainge is happily. I, I think the only concept of Lonzo Ball in the Celtics was if we fell to two, and it wasn't the Lakers at one. If if we didn't get the first pick, I was really hoping that we would take Lonzo Ball with the second pick and then trade him somewhere he really doesn't want to go, like Indiana <laughs> or Chicago or something. Like just you know, because you know he wants to go to LA, and then he's I'd going prefer, to end up in LA. So I'd how about the like Bulls? Orlando or Phoenix or some like obscure place that's not really that cool? Right, like it would be so that would have been great. But at how about this Fultz? Ball, that's the Celtics rivalry for like the next 15 years. Yeah. That's pretty wild. If these guys both end up becoming like the superstars that everyone thinks they will. So Lakers cool. got second. Yeah, so it's probably going to be Celtics, yeah, Markel. Fultz, Ball. I just, I can't see Ainge trading that pick for, um, 
I, you know, okay, I agree. And I'm going to go back to that argument that I was making. Isaiah, I love him. I think he's phenomenal. But I don't think that what he's doing now is sustainable long term. So we get Markel Fultz, who we have longer for cheaper. And trade Isaiah, sell high on Isaiah. Mm. I know. I don't love it. I don't love it. But you know what? Hot takes, man. You gotta, you gotta. No, no, no. I'll take the hot take. So Isaiah could be part of that package because you have, you know, you got to give time to people. We've got so much depth. You, you start Terry or Marcus at the uh, the one because we have that depth. We got this the place for to to replace Isaiah and then kind of groom Markel Fultz. He's not going to learn a ton from Isaiah. He will, but he like he's not. I think he's elite as a scorer. I don't know if he's like a teacher, like a Kobe Bryant style teacher. In part because he just plays his own game. It's such a unique game. See, my thing is, I think that those guys could play against each other. Uh, I mean, I play. I'm sorry, alongside each other. Fultz is long enough to play the two. He could essentially be your point guard, bring the ball up, and yet because we know how well Isaiah plays off the ball. He please, he's pretty great and off the ball. So. You'd have you could have two guys that can bring the ball up. I mean, Fultz could be the the primary ball handler, but yet when it's on defense, Isaiah can guard the one. Fultz can guard the two. Uh, I think that if they take Fultz, that's that likely spells the end for Avery Bradley and either Smart or probably more likely, I don't know, or Rogier. I mean, they can't keep them them all. They can't have four point guards. Well, that's that's why I say it, because none of them are commanding a max deal with the exception of Isaiah. And right, but Smart's he's going to get a pretty big contract next year, and so so is Avery. So I don't know. I just I don't think the way that Isaiah has played, he's done it in the now he did it all season and now again in the postseason. Um, I I find it hard to believe that they'll part with him. I just don't think that we can afford him, you know. And I I'm not sure. I feel like Ainge loves what he's done. And and his he's revitalized this franchise in every capacity of of the word. I mean he's he's done wonders for this team. It's such an amazing fit. But again, he's I just don't think that he can keep this up for the length of a max deal. And I don't think that we can offer him anything less than a max deal because of just what he's done, the legacies that, he, that he's created for himself. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. Home, under a rookie deal for that for that length of time because I believe we have a team option for his fifth year or are they restricted for their fifth year so you can offer them a uh, so um, it's a restricted right uh, so yeah, they get a qualifying yeah, you can offer, qualify like, offer and, yeah. right like like Jalen's is I looked at this earlier is eight and a half for his fifth year so we get him for four and then there's an eight and a half qualifying offer for the fifth yeah year. but then other and teams other can also bid on him we can match it right so yeah and then you would hope that he's good enough that that's not going to be <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want him to be taking that qualifying offer because you want him to be much better than that. Yeah, exactly. So, Jalen, yeah. So we have Jalen for three more years at least, mm-hmm. and then Markel for four guaranteed, or whoever we draft. I guess right. not obviously set in stone, but Markel for four, Isaiah. We sign him for we, we have him for five if you include a max deal. If his contract does expire next year, we sign an, we sign him to an extension this summer. And I mean, I'm going to look up his age, but he's going to be young thirties, and he hasn't been injury prone so much this season. But when does that start to become a thing? When he just gets banged around? I mean, he's like a, a pinball in the paint well, so when he's, he's just trying to now. trying to drive. So I mean, 32, 33. He'd be 32, 33. I don't think that's the worst. Um, but for a guy who plays the style that Isaiah does, no, and that's that's where your that's where your case comes into play for sure. But I just think that um, if if they, let's say they let's say they bring in they they sign let's say they can sign a Gordon Hayward in this offseason, right? This is my best case scenario. You, if you can sign a Hayward, you have Isaiah Hayward. Horford. So now you have your 1A, 1B scores, um, and then you've got your your guy, your post presence that, you know, it's kind of a dynamic guy down there. Um, you've got Jalen and 
Fultz for the next three to four years apiece. Now their contracts will be, um, you know, reasonable until then. And then Horford will be coming off the books around that time, right? Yeah. You know, three more years on his deal after this. Um, so they then Gershon and Zizich. Yeah, and you have those guys, but we're going to have them for a couple of years at, at, at quality prices. I just feel like they're going to the, – the, if they draft Fultz and they can find a way to sign somebody else, it's the best way to put the chips in now and compete at, like, the highest level and yet still not sacrifice, like, the next 10 years. I mean, you're right, but, I again, I just think that Ainge, I feel like, is always a step ahead, or at least he has been, mm-hmm. of – really every other GM. And I'm wondering when he's going to acknowledge that Isaiah is not the point guard of the future for this team by Fultz's second season. So you you think... Wait, wait, say that again? So what do you mean? I think that Isaiah is phenomenal in that we don't have like a, a leading point guard. But Markel Fultz, if, if he is what everyone is, is hyping him up to be, and he's able to turn into what we dream that he will be and obviously no first round pick no number one pick is ever going to be perfect i mean look at anthony bennett was the last one who ended up failing he obviously have greg odin and you know if he can live up to the hype if he can be who was the last great point guard to be drafted first overall um kyrie sure kyrie irving if he can play the level of kyrie irving yeah, I don't think John Wall I don't, or Kyrie Irving came first. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think the. I think it was Wall was earlier. So, Kyrie, Kyrie I don't. I don't Wall. think Isaiah starts behind or in front of Markel Fultz if he's playing at that level. No, and, but I think they can play alongside each other. That's what. That's that's. I think that they can definitely. I think that they can coexist and and both start. My concern is with the issues with defense. Which Isaiah, he just can't. He just doesn't have the size to defend. I mean, he's. Right. I mean, that's always going to be an issue. And that's yeah. always going to be an issue. And, and Brad Stevens wants to have a team that can defend. That's that's his. Yeah, I think he wants guys to play both ends of the floor. Exactly. Sure. And Isaiah can't do that. And in my opinion, long term, and I'm not talking next year. I'm talking two, three, four years down the road. Long term, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart would be a better investment for cheaper. Than Isaiah Thomas in a max deal that you lock him down until he's 33. Or a guy who could be so injury prone because of the fact that he is a pinball in the paint and that he bounces off of guys and is on the ground almost every other time that he's that he's driving. You know, I mean he not he was he was banged up after this series. Like there's there's a post that, that somebody's working on for Celtics Life about just the nagging injuries that he's got going on, and he's able to sustain them now because he's twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Even two years from now, Isaiah Thomas could be a guy who can't play through those injuries. I mean, we saw Avery Bradley going down for you know a month and a half at a time. Al Horford going down with a concussion for eight games. If we lose Isaiah Thomas for extended periods of time, where would this team be? Right, but mm-hmm. I but I think that if you add some other pieces, I think that you know you'll be able to at least soften that blow anyways for, for for those stretches i mean i but i i agree i think the biggest i think the biggest issue the defense is obviously always going to be an issue but i think the biggest issue in terms of signing to a long-term deal is thinking whether or not you think he can continue to take that kind of punishment that he takes and he still be at the level that he's at now in three years but if i told you that he was going to stay healthy and in three or four years or whatever what do we say four more years after this one um he is going to be still playing at or very close to this level that he's playing right now. Would you sign? Yes. If he's playing to the level that he is now, I just, again, don't know if it's, if it's sustainable. Yeah, no. And I, and I get, I get the, I get that. But at the same time, I, as much as I wanted Fultz and I'm, I'm excited that we got him and I'm still always, I like guys that can play, have already proved it, and can, you know, which is why I, I wanted to trade the pick unless we got Fultz because, I, you know, from from the way, from what I've seen him play and from what the experts say is that, I mean, this kid is the real deal, and that's why I'm, I want to keep the pick. But otherwise, I'm always about trading 
for picks or prospects for for guys that have already proven it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So other end of this, do you think that there's any chance that Ainge deals the number one pick? Deals the Fultz pick? Yeah, sure. I I think it's a possibility. Sure. I but I would say like not likely at all. I I I, I just just based on the way all the uh, you know the so-called experts rave about him. I mean, he's this kid is a legit. I mean, he's going to be a scoring machine in the NBA, and he's you know he's got pretty good size, and he can do. I mean, he's a good point guard. He's a okay defender. You know, he needs a little work there, but he's got the size that I mean, he can make up for some of that. I I think it's tough to pass on that. I have had some skepticism, and I, I made this clear with Justin in previous podcasts, that I don't, I'm not optimistic about Fultz, only in the sense that with Washington, he wasn't able to, even able to win double-digit games in really not that tough of a conference. Mm-hmm. And I just... That that gave me a little bit of reluctance because I mean the Pac-12 is not not your top tier basketball right. conference and and I compared him to Kemba Walker in the sense that the Big East was a very good conference and Kemba Walker lifted his teammates to not only win the Big East but also win the title and that was with probably an equally talented team. Oh, I, what, what do you mean equally talented to the Washington team? I would say no. That, that you, the Kemba Walker's UConn team? The freshman year Kemba Walker team? Oh, I don't know. Well, that, I don't think that Washington team was very good. He had Shabazz Napier, a freshman. Mm-hmm. And You're talking Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba Walker team. Freshman Shabazz Napier, who ended up winning a title his, his senior mm-hmm. year. He had... Who else did he have on that team? There wasn't like anybody... I think he had Shabazz Muhammad also. Or am I mistaken on that? Um, I'm not sure if Justin was here, he would tell you, but True, yeah, yeah, are you cutting yeah. Down, down. But, um, but with the Washington team, I mean, who did Fultz have with him? I mean, I know those other guys are NBA guys. Jeremy Lamb was, was with, uh, Kemba Walker. I'm looking up that lineup now, oh, but yeah. otherwise there's literally no one else on that roster who's recognizable as far as players in my opinion i, th- I think kev walker is a, is a fair comparison maybe that's yeah perhaps I, I just i don't think that washington team was good at all but i don't know i'm not as big of a college guy as i am nba so i don't want to you know go too far on a limb there but the um yeah i mean I, I don't really put as much stock into into what what they the, the amount of games they win i mean i think some of these guys you know, you you got to look at just the, the raw talent. Yeah, and and that's where I'm playing slight devil's advocate, um, because this will be, I think, the third year ever that a player was drafted from like the U.S. who had played in college, who didn't make the NCAA's. Last year yeah. being the second, and it was uh, Ben Simmons from LSU. And the book is still out on him. Obviously. Yeah, and so there's there's no way of indicating that. And yeah. you know, I'm, I, it it hasn't been proven that these guys are. Know that it that it indicates anything, but that's a slight concern for me that he that he can't make his teammates better. Yeah, um, I mean, sure. I mean, I I would prefer guys obviously to have had like you know championship caliber experience in college, whether or not they won the NCAA title. But if they're competing at the highest level in the tournament, obviously that's a plus for sure. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to hit on as far as the draft goes? I mean, no, I'm stoked. I, I, we wanted the first pick. I mean, the only thing that went wrong was uh, somehow the Lakers ended up with with Ball with that second pick. But you know what? It might make for a great rivalry over the next decade and a half. So I would love maybe it's for the best if Magic Johnson passed on Lonzo Ball. That would make me so happy. You know, that would be that. That would be the ultimate. That would have been better than than us trading him to get buried in Minnesota or something like that. Like <laughs> that. That would have been. This, that would be the greatest, and, and have a live cam on Lavar Ball and just watch him. Oh, hundred like, percent. That would be remarkable. But unfortunately, <laughs> we know that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, they've got D'Angelo Williams or what? D'Angelo Russell. They've got a slightly decent 
point guard. Russell's a solid, solid player, and he's been he's been proven. He's been doing pretty well. I, I mean, not saying they shouldn't pick Lonzo Ball, but they, I would just be really happy if they decided not to. Well, maybe. And how about this? If Ainge does trade the pick, which I think is unlikely, but if he does, maybe the team that he trades it to selects Lonzo Ball. True. And then, <laughs> then I, not not that that's a bad thing for the Lakers necessarily, but it'd be a, you know a downer for the Ball family. Oh, how about trading down? Like with the Suns, trade one for four. Uh, you know, Justin was talking about this, I think. Um, you know, trading trading back, taking like Tatum or Jackson or or anybody, you know, um, and getting another pick out of it too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the worst idea, but at the same time, I, I would, you know, I, I, I would prefer Colts. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, unless you get something really cool out of the trade. So like, if I, I don't know who the Suns would be because I know the Suns are really at the Lonzo Ball and the Suns well, really want one. Devin ball. Booker, Devin Booker for straight up one for three or one for four. Yeah, Devin Booker still draft like Josh Jackson or something. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not gonna happen. Well, but. we'll talk about it. And Justin, I'm sure we'll have ton oh, yeah. of these like posts over the next <laughs> next couple of weeks. Uh, because we're like what a month and a half from draft night. Yeah, it's uh, it's Usually July, like end right? of June. Yeah. Oh, it's in June. Usually, it's the end of June. Yeah, you you're probably right. It's usually a week after the finals ends, right? Yeah, and also this this playoffs has been really strangely late for like everything going on. Yeah, it's right. June twenty second. Is that right? Yeah. Sounds right. Cool. So yeah, we'll look forward to it. A little bit less than a month, or a little bit more than a month. But yeah, um, quick preview of the Cavs series. Cavs have been off nine days. Longest that's, break in LeBron's life. That's nuts. With the exception of like summer offseason. Right. <laughs> but no, it's yet yeah, nine days off. Do you think that affects the Cavs coming into the series? I, honestly, I think I think the that the best thing that could happen is we jump out to a hot start and, and actually win game one because they're, you know, that off. I mean, it, 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 it's... It certainly opens up the possibility of that. I mean, everybody acts like, sure, this Cleveland team has played great in the playoffs, but let's not forget that the first month and a half before that, they lost like 14 of their last 24 games. And yep. you say what you want about flipping the switch and whatnot, but there were times when they were struggling this year and they had their guys. That was, you know, part of that was love was out. But even after he came back, they didn't look quite right. I mean, don't get me wrong. They look like they're firing on all cylinders right now, but. Week and a half off? I mean, that's you know, it's a long time. I tweeted ahead of the playoffs starting. The Celtics and the Raptors were the only team to have a winning record on the road of playoff teams in the East. We have yeah. home court for this series. Mm-hmm. We took the one seed. The Cavs, that closing stretch, they performed abysmally on the road. Uh, one, the one exception was in Boston for that fight for the one seed. So... And that was the game where LeBron like really turned it on, but everyone else wasn't playing that well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, home court games one and two in Boston, and then if it does go past game four, we've got home court for five and seven. You know, how much does that affect Cleveland? And that they're they're they don't have a ton of rookies. They don't have a ton of like shaken players or guys who might get a little bit shaken, but. Do you think that affects them that they don't have home court? Do you think it matters? Oh, I think I think it matters to the fact that these other two series they came out and they were the better team in both series. But when you come out on a team that you are much better than, and then you jump out to a two zero lead, I mean, you know, with ease, pretty much, then you you just you know the next game is like must win for the other team because if they lose that game, they're toast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you throw them right against the wall right away. I, I think with the opportunity that the Celtics have, they could win. A game they could, you know, they could miraculously somehow win both games. But it, it's more the fact that instead of like Cleveland coming out and just, you know, being able to put the the you know put the put the pedal down at home and come out, you know, firing on all cylinders, you know, maybe maybe it's a lot tougher for them to take the first two games. Celtics fans, to me, and I agree, believe that this is enough for the season. I mean, I, I think everyone obviously would take a finals trip, but I think everyone is, I think we've all reached, like, we're, we're totally happy with what we've accomplished. Right. 
and I don't think anybody would complain even if we got swept. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I would agree with that. So, I like, and I said it at the beginning of the show, this is the first time since early 80s that a team got the best record in their conference and also got the number one pick. Mm-hmm. We're in a great place right now. <laughs> like an yeah. insanely good place. Because we're like we're one of the last four teams standing. And we're the least talented of all those four teams, and we're about to get significantly better this summer. Yeah. I would assume. In maybe more way than one. Exactly. I mean, in you know, maybe through the draft and free agency. So exactly. that's pretty wild. Predictions? Series wise? I think I mean it's it's uh, it's hard it's it's like I think the Celtics they at least they're gonna win a game I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win one of the first two games um I I think they give them a little bit of a run I I would say my thinking is probably Cavs in six I think we can steal two games off them I I, I hope I'm wrong and we go seven or win the series but I I would say I would be thrilled if we won two games. I uh yeah I would too, I was but I I'm sad because I said the Raptors would swipe a game I said the Pacers would swipe a game and they they have not and right? you know I, I've just been proven wrong both series so up to this point obviously the Cavs are still undefeated so I uh, would love if the Celtics could take a game or two I'd love it if it was the first game too. I would too just to just to put them on their heels exactly yeah. knock them on their heels I was gonna say that yeah take the yeah well. If it does happen, it'll be here. Anything you're working on for Celtics life? Uh, no, but now that now that we have the number one pick, the possibilities are endless. So. Yeah, there's gonna be tons of stuff up on that. Yeah. And like like we said, Justin's gonna be all yeah. over the place with drafts, draft stuff. <laughs> what we can do with the pick, all those things. His crazy series of, of posts that he has. Uh, yeah, check out everything on the site. Also, check out our our Paul Pierce pod that we put up justin and i recorded last week kind of a tribute to the truth you guys did a great job on that by the way yeah it was a lot of fun really enjoyed it um and obviously check out the links at the top of celticslife.com we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading eastern conference finals it's going to be wild you should go and you can find the pod on blog talk radio itunes stitcher and most podcatcher apps make sure you subscribe so that you never miss any episodes. And if you like what you hear, be sure to raise five stars so that other people can see it. And you know, it just helps us out if, if we get more visibility. And if you don't like something or you have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any of our Celtics Life articles or tweet us with the hashtag CLPod or Celtics Life Pod or Celtics Life Podcast. We're trying to minimize it, make it look a little bit better. And we're always just trying to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. And we are pumped. Number one pick. What's your hot take? I already gave mine. Bolts. That's your hot take? That's, that's the least hot take. <laughs> what do you mean a hot take? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> All right, fine. Have a I think we're keeping the picks. I think we're keeping the pick. We're drafting Bolts. I'm not going out on much of a limb saying that, but that's what I think. All right, fine. You're no fun. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Later, guys.